So what will you wish for? What is your heart's desire? Welcome to Saturday Matinee, a Please Make This Minisode. My name is Hobart Thompson, and this is Saturday Matinee. Uh, this is a minisode of our podcast, Please Make This, where I have a specific goal that I'm kind of aiming for here. Uh, the goal of this minisode is that I'm tr- I'm trying really hard to have this ready and release it like around noon on Saturday. So you might see it drop from your RSS feed into your phone or Spotify or whatever. And the goal of this is that it might be released and someone might hear it while they prepare their lunch or do dishes or running some errands or going out for a jog, wherever you listen to podcasts most. And they might be inspired to spontaneously go and see a Saturday matinee. Uh, that, you know, you just take a break, you decide with your afternoon, what you'd like to do is go to a movie theater and sit down and see a film on the big screen. Uh, and I think that's a worthwhile goal. I think it's a good thing to encourage someone to do. Uh, and it's something that I recently did. And so I'm going to be talking about my experience, the experience of the matinee, uh, and, uh, telling you about the movie I saw and encouraging you to go and see it. So. Uh, My focus is going to be on the experience, uh, which ideally should be a brief reverie from the day, uh, especially while it's still hot, Uh, rather than, you know, an event, a blockbuster screening. You know, we tend to go to these films now that are two and a half hours long, three hours long. And for that reason, whenever I do these Saturday matinee episodes, I'm never going to pick something that is longer than two hours. Um, So the film that I selected for this episode is 3000 Years of Longing by George Miller, starring Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. This movie is 108 minutes long, so even with the overly long trailers you now get, you'll still be out, uh, if you go see it around 2 p.m., 4 p.m., you'll still be out in time for dinner. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the movie that I am encouraging you to go see. Do not worry, I'm going to try to avoid spoilers the best I can, uh, but I will be kind of reviewing it, so I might get a little spoilery if that bothers you at all. Turn this off, go see the matinee, then come back. And I'm also going to talk about some of the experiential things around the movie theater that I personally chose, uh, which is the Davis Theater here in Chicago. Okay, so let's start off with the movie, because I'm excited to talk about it. I've been wanting to see this movie for a while. Uh, when moment I heard that George Miller was doing a genie romance with Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba, I was like, I, I've, I wish I could already buy a ticket, but I know they're probably not doing pre-sales for a RD film like this. Uh, and so I finally got to see it after it's been released a couple of weeks. It has not done well in the box office, but, um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I had a really good time seeing it. I thought it was a, you know, sort of a whimsical fantasy in a style that you certainly do not see very often anymore, especially kind of with its very fairy tale overtone and sort of, uh, uh it, it's uh, adapted of a collection of short stories, uh, the gin and the nightingale's eye. And, uh, it just, I don't know, it has this like wonderful storytelling quality and, but with these sort of touches of, uh, funny, you know, humor and great special effects and action that you get from a George Miller movie, uh, George Miller being a director who has done everything from the animated dancing penguin movie, happy feet to the mad max films, uh, and a bunch of stuff in between like babe, a really great movie. Um, and, uh, so yeah, his, his filmography, Allows room for whimsy as well as really great action, and you always know that who's going to get some kind of uh, cool, you know, 
fantasy stuff in it you know he's not afraid to toss in a creature or a strange thing that happens that is unexplained and i think that that makes uh, uh his movies really fun and he's a, a director who i would say is fun which is not something you can always say about movies nowadays um so seeing three thousand three thousand years of long is the story of a professor uh, played by Tilda Swinton, uh, who goes on a trip overseas for a conference and along the way accidentally discovers a bottle that contains a gin. Uh, this gin is played by uh, Ildris Alba and appears to her in her hotel room, encouraging her to make three wishes so that he might be three, free. And uh, along the way, he, in, to encourage her, tells her the story of his life and the many adventures he's been on, the people he has helped or hurt with his helping, and the reason why he has been trapped over and over again in different containers waiting for someone to come and set him free by finally making the three wishes that would fulfill his obligation to his captor. Uh, the tale is, of course, largely tragic. Uh, it is a story, you know, of people getting what they wished for in a sense that uh, uh, ruins their lives in uh, most of the cases of the stories he tells. Uh, it is a story kind of tied to, like, the history. You know, there is uh, direct references to, like, actual leaders and sultans from the history of the Turkish area. Uh, and um, there's, I mean, there's there's a lot of, uh, there's just, like, a lot of fun fun in it. I, I, I really, I, I'm immediately regretting saying that I'm not going to give any spoilers because it's kind of torn away all the notes I was going to read. <laughs> but I will say that it is largely a movie that is a romance. I mean, the ultimate kind of um, uh, ending is that Genie and the Professor kind of fall in love, which I don't think is too much of a spoiler because I think the trailer and the poster both make that clear with them embracing. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a movie about two characters who are very lonely. One, a professor of literary uh, science who examines stories is her focus of her, her, her research and how these stories are connected across the world and how they were used by humans to explain unknown phenomena via magical means and how with each... So, each sequential scientific discovery and breakthrough in our modern age, we replace the need for these stories. They, we no longer need them to explain and how in a way that is sort of uh, a lonely, you know, it's, it's described by her as kind of like a, a lonely process of whittling away the magic, an imaginary friend that you no longer need, as she says at one point. Um, and, of course, on the genie, it's a much more literal kind of interpretation where it is uh, about someone who has spent a lot of time in isolation. Uh, in a way, the movie itself kind of has, you know, this this maybe intentional, but also I kind of feel like accidental uh, or incidental connection to the pandemic where there is this 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 loneliness, this isolation that both characters feel. And throughout the film, you do see that there are uh, references to the actual pandemic, that there are characters who wear masks in public, uh, that there is a, uh, and also in the making of the film that they had to cut short a lot of, or reschedule a lot of the shooting where it was originally going to be filmed on location in various spots around the globe, but mostly ended up being filmed in studios in Australia where George Miller's from. Um, 
because of the pandemic constraints. And you can't see that in most of the movie, but I do feel like at the end of the film, there is, I don't know, kind of a sense of not like scenes missing, but almost like uh, things had to be condensed a little bit in, in production. That is probably one of my only like criticisms of how the movie ends is it kind of not runs out of gas, but sort of runs out of, um, it almost feels like budget or location where it sort of uh, becomes a little bit more of a domestic drama at the very end, whereas it had been so sort of open and pastoral and explorative uh, with the other scenes from the genie's past. Uh, boy, if I could give spoilers, I'd be just, I would just be ruining this movie for everybody. I, I might have already, uh, but it doesn't matter. I enjoyed it. It was great. It was a, a fun rumination on... Uh, you know, loneliness and uh, what one's heart desires and, you know, the sort of uh, how wishes, whatever they might be, positive or, you know, greedy, selfish, can either benefit or harm not just you, but sort of whole, whole moments in time. And, uh, you know, that's a kind of, you know, it's a fun thing to think about in the middle of the day. <laughs> not going to lie, a little bit stoned when I saw it. Perfect timing. Uh, if, if, if that is what you're into for the matinee, maybe go into it with that a little bit. Have a little deep think about what you'd wish for as you sit there in the darkened movie theater. But it's a blast. I mean, the, the bottom line of this movie is that it is an actually very fun, captivating, imaginative film with some fun special effects, some good bits, and great performances by the two leads, Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton, who, of course, are both actors who are great on their own and together. They work well together. Uh, you you really believe in the romance that blossoms between the lonely professor and the lonely Jen. Uh, and it is fun to see them interact together. Uh, the makeup that they use on Idris Elba is really fun, uh, be it when he is so big that he fills a room to when he's like kind of just like human size roughly, but a little bigger than normal and wearing a bathrobe. And he has cool pointed ears and like a red patch in his beard. And his palms of his hands are bright red. It's sort of all the, and there's sort of a, you can kind of CGI smoke that trails off him when he moves or is emotional and uh, the, the character design is fun and, and interesting and it was a, a, a captivating roughly two hour matinee experience and I think that that is what this mini soda is supposed to be advertising and I think part of that is going to be as I transition from the movie we're going to talk about the theater experience because I do want to encourage you if you're going to heed the advice of this mini soda go see a movie in the theater I mean that is a blast to do it's a lot different than just sitting down on the couch in the middle of the afternoon and watch something on tv and, and uh, you know I wanted to make some food and beverage recommendations. Uh, so I saw this movie at the Davis Theater in Chicago, which uh, has very comfortable seats and great AC, and most importantly, serves beer at the concession. So while watching 3,000 Years of Summer, I enjoyed a Pacifico, a large can really big of Pacifico lager, a very refreshing and light Mexican beer. Uh, if beer isn't your thing, or if uh, the theater doesn't serve alcohol, or if you're one of our many teenage fans that listen to please make this, uh, uh, I, I don't know, get like a fountain drink. Uh, maybe I, I would recommend a, a Sprite or a ginger ale. Something light, and, you know, I don't really like a lot of caffeine in the afternoon, so that's where I'm going to recommend. Uh, and I feel like, you know, the movie theater sodas are so big. How big are they? Uh, 
it, you know, it's a lot of, every time I get a Coke at a movie theater, I leave feeling like I'm going to have a heart attack. Uh, so maybe go the other way with something non-caffeinated, uh, your personal choice or preference. Uh, when it comes to food, uh, you know, of course, I'm not going to judge you if the, de- because the default snack I feel like in a movie theater is often popcorn. So popcorn rules. So get some if you'd like, but I don't know. This movie doesn't really feel like a popcorn movie to me. Uh, I would actually recommend something sweet. Um, I thought about it, uh, the boxes of candy down there below the glass case in every movie theater. And, you know, I don't, I don't think it's something obvious or mainstream, not your, not your M&Ms or your, uh, or, or your, uh, sour patch kids, but maybe something a little off <laughs> more, more off uh, the normal menu. So you know, there's some movie theater, like popcorn or movie theater candy boxes that I feel like you can only really find at either movie theaters or like some pharmacies in the, like the cardboard box. And, uh, I think, you know, I'd recommend something like a, like a snowball, maybe the snowballs, the chocolate chips that had the little hard bits of sugar on them, uh, to make them a little crunchy. Or I think my, my, I think my go, my, uh, recommendation for this movie is going to be Raisinets. Uh, I don't know. Something about the combination of chocolate and dried fruit feels appropriate uh, to a movie where the genie is commonly summoning Turkish snacks that are kind of in a similar vein. I mean, honestly, if you can like sneak in some baklava into the theater, do it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. I'm going to encourage you to sne- sneak stuff in. I'm sorry, movie theater people. Um, uh, or like, you know, I think he has like a sort of a pistachio chickpea dessert at one point uh, that, that looked amazing on screen. So bring in some Turkish delights, baklava or pistachio candy if you can find it. But if not, I do recommend uh, the, the, the taste of chocolate and raisin together that a raisinette can offer you. Um, so I guess, I mean, I mean, honestly, it's going to be where I kind of end this episode. It's me encouraging you to buy a box of raisinets as you see this movie. Uh, but, you know, I just want to end this by saying that, I, you know, uh, clearly movie theater sales are lagging a little bit right now. There isn't a lot coming out in theaters because of, you know, all the fucking thousand of reasons that there is things are being slowed down or held up right now in every, every fucking industry and business. Uh, but it very clearly is starting to become a hitting, like not a breaking point, but maybe getting close to that in movie theaters. When I saw this movie, the very first thing for the trailers was actually a thank you from George Miller. They actually filmed George Miller saying, thanks for taking time to come to the cinema, seeing the movie on the big screen, the way that I intended you to see it. And it's true. I mean, a lot of stuff right now is being made for home markets, for streaming services. It's immediately being released on those. Uh, and uh, it's becoming you know, tricky to track how popular things are and how much they're being watched, how much money they are making for these things like Netflix, Amazon, HBO Max, etc. And uh, it is, uh, you know, it's certainly a different vibe you know when you stream something it does not require any of the industry that is built up around a movie theater no none of the concessions people ticket takers the people who run the projectors all of that is not happening and you can definitely see that strain is starting to wear on movie theaters that have always kind of been something that the margin doesn't seem like it's great for them all the time uh and so you could see that in they had this screening this this little message psa before the screening of george miller thanking you to, to come and i that was certainly where i kind of got the idea for this this uh minisode was i was like yeah you I mean this this movie in particular 
I, I do think that it is a movie that is great to see on the screen. I mean, I do think that you could still enjoy this movie off the big screen. I don't necessarily think that this is a movie that you have to see on the big screen, which is the way I would describe, you know, like George Miller's Mad Max movies. Those are amazing on the big screen. You got to see them on the big screen. But this movie, I would say you could watch at home, but I'm encouraging you to go and see this movie. In fact, it is my heart's desire. It is my wish that you would go and see 3000 Years of Longing at the local cinema. Or at the very least, if you just go and see another movie. I know that uh, the Top Gun movie's still out. Um, there's maybe a couple other things. Uh, they're suddenly escaping me as I put myself on the spot. Uh, and uh, I, I, that is my wish to you. Uh, so that's my one wish. Now I'm going to make my second wish, which is that I wish you would follow Please Make This on social media. Uh, we have, we're on a bunch of different uh, platforms on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, etc. cetera. Uh, and also I wish that you would tune in to our next main episode, uh, which will be coming out in a week. And I, well, I'm actually, I've used all my wishes. So I guess you and I are both free. So this has been Hobart Thompson encouraging you to go and see a matinee. Oh, and if you do actually heed my word and go see a matinee today or tomorrow or some point, shoot us a line on uh, social media and let us know because I would love to hear that I reach someone with this. And if not, even if this encourages you to go see a movie at night, I hope you enjoy it. This has been Hobart Thompson for Please Make This. Thank you very much. Bye.